Well, hello, everybody. It is future Mark and future Carol here. Hey, what's up? We're married now. And because of that, every once in a while, you know, on my birthday and sometimes right around Christmas, we get the engagements. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and I think our times together are going to be uh, so much more exciting and invigorating now because uh, of Manscaped. Manscaped.com. It is kind of amazing how much, like, better it smells. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it was great before, but, oh, my gosh, she smells so good and everything's so smooth now. Yeah, so Manscaped, I'm telling you, I've never Manscaped before, but we, I use the, the Lawnmower 2.0. We, <laughs> what? Is that what it's really called? That's what it's called. <laughs> That's funny. So I <laughs> I got the perfect package 2.0. It comes with the lawnmower 2.0. It comes with a very stylish uh, antimicrobial underwear. Uh, it says Manscaped right on it. It's great. And it comes with the, the spritzer. It's kind of freshening you up a little bit. And it comes with the ball deodorant, which, as Carol pointed out, is fantastic. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you've noticed this, Carol. Because I usually try to do this in private time, but not in a sexy way, but in a just like kind of satisfying way. I touch, I'm touching myself a lot more <laughs> down, down in that area because it's so smooth. It just, it feels the skin, the like the lotion. I don't know if it's got some sort of uh, rejuvenating uh, properties or, or what either, but it just, it feels so, so youthful, even though I, I'm, I'm. I'm blossoming into my youth again now. <laughs> yeah, I, I really haven't noticed you um, touching yourself, but uh, I don't blame you because it, it is smooth. Yeah, it's just, it's very nice and, and it really, it, it's a perfect gift. So if you go to manscaped.com and use our promo code LATEFEE, that's all caps, L-A-T-E-F-E-E, you're going to get a... You're going to get a perfect package 2.0 like I got. You're going to get 20% off. You're going to just love going, uh, shaving your goods there. And uh, and your partner is going to, uh, to thank you for it as well. And ladies, let me tell you, Christmas is coming. And this is a gift for both of you. Absolutely. So, yeah, get a, get this gift. If you're, if you're a lady out there listening, get get this gift for your uh, your your husband. Do and, yourself a favor. And guys, you can finally say this and it doesn't sound like an insult. How would you like to suck my butt? <laughs> that would still sound like an insult. No, no, no. It's it's Although it's, I kind of do all the time. <laughs> go to manscaped.com. Uh, use our, our our code late fee. Get 20% off. And, and be the best ball licker she can be. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, uh. now back to the past. Welcome to Massive Late V. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Massive Late V. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? It is December 3rd, 1994, and we are here with no news. No news this week. What What's up with the no news? There's nothing good in the paper. So, like, life in general is just boring? It's, it's not just, like, it's, like, out in the world is boring. 
Well, I don't know about life. Entertainment news is boring. <laughs> right. Nothing's really going on. TV shows are getting made and produced and aired. Movies are getting released in theaters, some anyway. Well, it is the holidays. Yeah, well, pretty soon it's going to be January. A time of year when movie theaters say, fuck you, it's January. Right? (laughs) We're dumping all of our crap. And yet we still go. Well, we have to. We don't have to, we choose to. Well, we've chosen to have to (laughs) for this. But I guess that allows us to get right into the thick of it. Carol. Mm-hmm. Did we watch a TV show this week? We did indeed. My so-called life is back. Yay. <sighs> this episode was heavy, though. It was. And sad. It was called pressure. Yeah. There was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. On poor Angela. To lose her flower. (laughs) (laughs) Flower, huh? No, seriously, like, okay, the last episode we saw ends with her and Jordan holding hands in the hallway. Yeah, very nice. And now it's let me fuck you, let me fuck you, oh, and and let me fuck you. So, yeah. Yeah, he's certainly acting like a, I was going to say teenager, but I think he's 23. (laughs) Well, I mean, you didn't act like that. No. Not everybody acts like that. He's a jerk. Yeah. I don't like him anymore. Yeah, he's definitely, he's, he definitely comes across really badly in this episode. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, they're kissing and he's just like constantly talking about, hey, when are we going to have sex? And yeah. And then he um, suggests that they go to a house (laughs) that somebody's mom is trying to sell it's abandoned i think or something i don't know i I thought that they said something about it was like a realtor maybe i don't know but yeah i mean it's It's definitely abandoned (laughs) yeah but it didn't no um so he's suggesting they go to this house that everybody goes to to have sex Mm -hmm. and she agrees to go which she doesn't obviously doesn't want to And she just shouldn't have agreed to it in the first damn place. And then they go and they're sitting there and it's the weirdest thing. They're like waiting for a room. Yeah, there's apparently there's only two rooms. Three. Three rooms. So they're waiting for people to be done fucking. That's just so awkward. You know, her parents were saying how, you know, since he has a car, it's like they have their own apartment. Mm -hmm. Really, in reality, come on, just use the car. Yeah. Be a lot less awkward. (laughs) But she runs into Ray Ann there. And Ray Ann um, is like happy for her that she's there with Jordan, which is like, do you not pay any attention? Obviously, she's like not happy to be there. Well, you know, it's weird too because her and Ray Ann haven't been super tight since that overdose night. Yeah. Like we see her, we see that we don't see them together. Their friendship is waning kind of and she seems to be becoming better friends with uh sharon yeah who apparently is not a virgin it goes back and forth yeah it's so weird yeah she like there was one episode where she was talking to rayanne and saying how she was actually a virgin right but 
then in this episode, she's telling Angela, no, no, she, they did it lots of times. Yeah. And she wrote that poem about her juicy sweetness. So, right. I mean, it, it seems, it signs point to, so I don't know if she wanted to seem like a good girl for Rayanne or I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. It's very weird. I mean, it, maybe she was embarrassed, yeah, but it's like Rayanne's not going to judge her. No, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, and Rayanne, Rayanne again, is the, what's, the, what's that dude's name who we'd never see? Tino. Yeah, Tino. Rayanne's like, oh, I got to go. Tino's uh, driving me. Tino is like the, he's like the fifth Beatle. He's, <laughs> we never see him ever. Right. But he is mentioned constantly. He's like a, he's like a specter that, that lives throughout this movie or TV show. Yeah, it's very strange. And yeah, he's always driving people places that's like his entire you know meaning in life and entire purpose for being i think tino's gonna grow up to be a cab driver <laughs> maybe so she sees rayanne and rayanne takes off and she tells jordan that because a room has just opened up she's like ah i gotta go after rayanne you know i really think that um you know I'm she's worried about her yeah she's maybe you know using again and yeah. When she was going to go out with Jordan to the to the house, her dad was like, she said, maybe I shouldn't go. You know, right. mom's not home yet. And he's like, no, it's fine. Go ahead. And she's like, well, I don't know because, yeah. Yeah, she, she was really trying not to go. She does not want to do this. No. And she should just be honest that she doesn't want to do this. Right. So she uh, she leaves and he gets all pissed off. Yeah, and and I got and like I gotta say, I don't think it was a, a brilliant idea of her to leave him alone there. Like there were a bunch of single girls just hanging out, and he's a nice looking boy. Yeah, why are there single girls just hanging out there? I don't know. It's very weird. Yeah, the whole thing is weird. I guess people are kind of partying there too. Yeah, but I mean, like it seems like the main attraction's the bedrooms. So yeah, I wouldn't want to go there. This is a weird town. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And um, let's see. Her dad has, like, this night when this is all going on, her dad has that girl from his cooking class mm. and her fiancé over for dinner. Yep. And the mom is, like, running later or whatever. And she's talking, the, the friend from cooking class is talking about she wants to open a restaurant and she wants him to cook for it. Yeah. She wants to make a bunch of money. <laughs> And this is like through the whole episode, kind of a theme of him and the mom talking about whether or not he should do this. Kind of. I mean, it's like it's kind of like he's saying, you know, he he doesn't want to, and she's kind of saying, "Well, you don't want to, right?" Like it's like they're just dancing around it. Well, he clearly does want to, but he doesn't want to say that he wants to take this chance. And she's like, "Oh, oh restaurants fail all the time," and. You know, this is not going to work out and, and all that stuff. And she's talking about their savings and stuff. I, I don't understand because it, it sounds like the girl from cooking class's fiance has lots of money. That was kind of like the whole point was that he was going to finance this. Yeah, it seems to me that they would go into partnership. I'm guessing 50-50. Like he does all the work, you know, where, I mean, that's what he's contributing to the partnership where he's the actual chef he plans the menu he like does all the work type stuff and then this guy provides the money right that seems like a normal 
uh, partnership to me. And, I mean, right now he's not doing anything, so I don't really see what they're really risking here. I don't either. It seems strange to me, but it's just, it's the theme of, you know, she never believes in him and everything. They have to be one of the worst couples on TV. Oh, yeah, they're terrible together. Yeah, they, they do not... They just don't click at all. And at one point, they're like making out like you think they're going to be having sex. And then one of them brings this restaurant business up again, and then they just stop. Yeah, because the phone rang. Yeah. The phone rang. They didn't want to answer. They're like, oh, they'll leave a message. The machine comes on, and and they don't leave a message. Or, or they hang up before the machine comes on. I don't remember. But then they just start talking, and then it's just over. It's so weird. But they they start doing that because the she comes she walks in on the husband watching a sex tape. Oh yeah, yeah I forgot about that part. So Angela is talking to Sharon about sex, and Sharon's like, "Oh, you have questions," and she brings over this sex tape that mm-hmm. she stole from her parents. I think her parents gave it to her. Ew. Or I don't know. I think that's what she said though. Ew? I don't think so. She said, I mean, she said to um, Angela, you can keep it for a while if you want. They won't notice it's gone or something like that. Oh, maybe, yeah. So. But basically, it's about, like, there are couples talking about how, you know, the spark is gone from their relationship and, and how do they get it back. And it's like techniques for being a better lover. So I guess, you know, if someone was interested in the mechanics of sex and everything it would be it would be a good tape i suppose right but so they for some reason then this makes no sense they watch it in the parents bedroom well i think that's just where there was a a vcr that they could use away from the living room oh maybe yeah i guess i didn't think about it but i guess she probably doesn't have a vcr in her bedroom i don't think she has a tv in her bedroom i have a tv in my bedroom well so do i but i'm just saying i've never seen one in hers I also have a VCR in my bedroom, but let's not yeah, you're, you're all spoiled and shit. We know. I bought that with my own money. Well, you spoil yourself. Okay. I spoil you too. You do sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, so she, yeah, so they they leave because the dad comes in, and so then the mom walks in and sees the dad watching the tape, and she's and he goes, "Oh, you know, I see what you what you left me here or whatever." And she's like, I've never seen that. And he's like, oh, don't be coy. She's <laughs> like, why would we be, why would I have this? And he said, because our sex life has become boring and mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> That's not really the best opening for getting someone into bed. I think he, I think he genuinely thought that. Yeah. That they needed help or whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I, they probably do. I mean, that yeah. they have serious problems. We haven't seen him have sex. Yeah. We seen him try. <laughs> and then um, Angela decides after watching this video and everything to talk to Jordan. And, you know, she's talked to Sharon and she's going to, you know, I think she went there thinking she's going to talk to him about how she's feeling because yeah. that's what Sharon had suggested. Right. But she doesn't really get the chance. He's no. pissed. He, uh, he yells at her because he found out that Rayanne's been sober since the night she OD'd. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I know you're lying to me and stuff. And then he said, like, the worst thing to her, that it's, like, it's just normal. This is just what people do unless, yeah. you know, you're 
abnormal. Yeah, basically. He basically said you're a freak because you don't want to have sex. Like, this is what everyone does. Everyone wants to have sex. So, yeah, he's on my shit list. So she leaves, leaving uh, Crackhead's bike there. Yeah. (laughs) Because she borrowed Crackhead's bike to ride to the mechanic shop or wherever where he works. And so she leaves and then comes home without the bike. And basically, like, you know, it's like we're broken up, you know, is the is the the implication. The implication, yeah. And Crackhead gets all pissed off because his bike isn't there. And then she actually, like, opens up to him about what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And her dad is on the couch, like, where he was, like, napping, but he's awake. And she's just talking about how she's feeling pressured to have sex. Mm-hmm. So he's hearing all that. Yeah. And then Jordan brings the bike back. Yep. And this is sad shit, which her dad hears this whole thing. So does she does she think he's asleep or does she just not realize he's there at all? Like, I, I don't know. It's so weird. I'm guessing she just doesn't think he's there or he's not around or whatever. So Jordan and her, like, they're saying goodbye to each other, basically. And um, I don't know. It seemed like they might get back together, but they don't. No. Yeah, it did seem like he was going to relent. Yeah. But, and he was like, but he said, um, I won't say bad things about you or something yeah. like that. If if your name comes up or people ask about you. And she was like, oh, okay, I appreciate that. And, and then, Yeah, and then she like grabbed onto his head and she's like, I'll miss the way that your hair is so soft in the back. Mm-hmm. Which like is really fucking shallow for like, hey, I'm breaking up with you and that's what I'm going to take away from the relationship. Well, their whole relationship is shallow because they don't talk. They don't actually go out on actual dates. They don't do anything. They don't have any shared interests. Yeah. The whole relationship is completely shallow. Yeah, it's just physical. Oh, yeah, and I forgot when they were arguing at the mechanic shop, too. He's like, this is why I didn't even want to start this in the first place. Right. And she's like, because you knew you wouldn't get sex out of it? <laughs> Which he doesn't really say anything, but, I mean, like that is the implication. Yeah, he he's a freaking jerk. So. Yeah, that was the episode. Yep. They are broken up. What do you think? What do you think of the episode? I mean, the episode was good. It's but- definitely an interesting an interesting way to take it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just sad though. I just feel bad for her. Yeah, and I really, really hate him. Yeah, he's he he's definitely not a good guy. <coughs> not acting like a good guy at all. No. Yeah, I, mean, I guess I'm just disappointed. I thought that maybe he was better than this, but he's not. So far, no. So, yeah. And then the movie this week's pretty heavy as well. Yeah, yeah, we saw saw the professional Leon. Leon, the professional. Yeah, a French film. Well, it's a it's it's an American film, I guess. I mean, it was shot in America, but it's like the most French American film ever. Just <laughs> like apparently Leon is the most French Italian guy ever. I didn't even realize till halfway through the movie that he was supposed to be Italian. Right. No, he's definitely French. But it's direct, written and directed by Frenchman Luc Besson, 
And yeah, it's I don't know if you ever saw that um I think what was it called? Uh, La Femme Nikita, I believe. Yeah, I've seen an episode or two. What are you talking about? Hmm? It's a movie. Oh. Then I'm thinking of something entirely different. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, or yeah, it the it's a nineteen ninety movie, uh uh La Femme Nikita. And it starred uh Anna or Anne what's her name? Pollard, something like that. Pollard. I don't know, it's French, so I don't know exactly how they pronounce it, but he was married to her uh for a while. And then um then he married this woman man. Mywen Mywen Le Besco. Wow, what a name. Yeah. So uh Luke Passan, as I said, you know, he did La Femme Nikita, and he married this apparently him and Maiwan met met when she was twelve. They started dating when she was fifteen and he was thirty one. Yeah, that's pretty gross. And then she had uh their first child when she was 16 was this in france i believe so yeah okay because i mean they they must have different laws man sorry this cold is not letting up they must have different laws over there because you could not do that here i believe either 15 or 16 is the age of consent in france or maybe it's 14 i'm not sure i don't know i mean i think the age of consent here is 16 too but so it might be fourteen in France. I think it's. I think it's lower. I think though, like here, it's like there. There's a, a cap on the age limit, though. Like sixteen and thirty one would not work. Well, no, it doesn't work for me. But <laughs> yeah, that's gross. Sorry. Yeah, the whole thing's gross. But anyway, that relationship is, I think, kind of apparent in the movie. Yeah, they have a really special, weird relationship. So the movie begins with Gary Oldman. Um, <laughs> he he uh, he's uh, visiting some guy that's supposed to be doing work for my guests. He's got they got a bunch of cocaine, and he says, "Hey, you know this this was filled with cocaine. This was a hundred percent pure cocaine." Kokana, when we dropped it off, and now it's 90%. So you must have cut it, and where's the other 10% of our Kokana? Kokana. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. I'm, you know, whatever. I don't know. And they're like, okay, well, we'll be back tomorrow at noon, or you come tell us tomorrow at noon who cut this cocaine and where the rest of the cocaine is, or there's going to be some problems. And the guy just completely fucking ignores him, I guess. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, they even tell him a time that they are coming back. Yeah. So it's him, uh, his wife, his uh, older daughter. She, I would say she she appears to be, what, what, 16, 17? Yeah, something like that. The, the, the daughter that's kind of the star of the movie, her name is uh, Natalie Portman. She's really good in this movie yeah she is and 
the uh who's the the star the guy uh i'm not sure jean reno yeah jean jean reno that's right wow uh, i remembered a name i'm so proud so he's he's a hitman at the beginning the very beginning of the movie we see him do a, a job where he kills a bunch of guys and we can see his his bona fides so then uh like i said gary Oldman, he 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 tries to <laughs> you're an old man right he tries to uh you know to tell him hey you know do this stuff and so anyway so so i was talking about the family so it's his, it's the husband the wife the like 16 17 year old daughter natalie portman and four-year-old little brother which we find out we don't know that right away they come in and they're walking through the the i believe it's the wife is in the bathtub yep somebody comes in and just shotgun blasts her in the face they kill the oldest daughter as she's running away the the husband they get you know they trapped in the kitchen and they're like hey you know what's going on we told you noon it's one afternoon what the fuck's going on where is our drugs like what if he what if he just like had them right there in like the name of the person that fucked them over but they've already killed two of his family members like right so the little boy is hiding under the bed we this is so upsetting he the guy's like going through the bed he's like well check the bed um he's checking for drugs like they're cutting into the bed to see if there's any drugs hidden in the bed they don't realize there's a little kid under there. Right. So they, you know, they do that. Then there's a shotgun blast because the dad has gotten a shotgun and uh, killed one of the, the henchmen and also ruined Gary Oldman's suit. <laughs> so yeah, he's very upset about that. Yeah. The four year old boy starts running and I think it's Gary Oldman. I can't I, I wasn't really sure who it was, but somebody guns him down. I'm now, pretty sure it's Gary Oldman. We don't actually see. Right. That Thank happen. God. They just, they, they, they mention it, you know, offhand. There's, so Luke Besson, there's a lot of interesting camera angles and there's a lot of interesting camera work in this. Yeah. Just in general, where, you know, at one point we're, we're looking from the, like the perspective of someone holding a gun, like the camera's on the gun kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, you know, so it's, there's some interesting stuff going on here, but anyway, so the Natalie Portman had been out shopping. They sent her out to shop. They, they hit her the, like a little bit too. Like the dad, like hit, beat her around a little bit. And- yeah. That's, that's was going on in the movie before now where like her and, um, the main guy's characters have interacted in the mm-hmm. hallway right? because she's out there smoking and bleeding. Right. So she comes back. She kind of walks right by because she sees that there's a, like a fucking massacre in her, in her apartment. And she rings the bell of hit of Leon's apartment and is basically just begging, like, let me in, please let me in, please let me in. Yeah. Cause otherwise she's going to end up getting killed, obviously. Right. So he thinks about it for a minute. Yeah. He thinks hard. <laughs> and then he lets her in and closes the door and like basically she's very upset because her little brother's dead yeah she doesn't give a shit about the rest of her family no but the little brother was never scared and nice and didn't whine and he always just liked to cuddle so she uh she was upset about that and then 
she he says, fine, you know, go to bed. Uh, I'll I'll you know, you'll I'll take you someplace in the morning or whatever. Yeah. And then he almost shoots her in her sleep. Yeah, it's like it's like he thought about putting her out of her misery like a fucking dog. It's weird because things would have turned out differently for him had he done that. Yeah, a lot better. I guess. You guess? I don't. I mean, how could things have been worse for him? Well, you know, his soul. <laughs> yeah, I think his soul's already a little marred. But so, basically, she says to him, "Hey, I want to." Or Matilda is her name, and she says, "I want to be a, a killer." Like you, a cleaner, a cleaner, yeah. And she's like, he's like, you know, she says, "Show me how to do it because I want to kill these people who killed my brother." And for some reason, he agrees to do it. Well, she, because she's like begging him. I mean, he doesn't want to. He tries to like send her away a bunch, but yeah. she's like, "I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anything else to do. If you send me out of here, I'm gonna end up dead." Does he really try that hard? He tries. I guess. But so he shows her he shows her something with a uh with a sniper rifle where it's this looks like a some kind of politician walking through or running jogging through Central Park. She lines up the shot and everything. He explains how when the more professional you get, the closer you can get to your prey. So you start with a sniper rifle and the last thing you learn is a knife. Mm-hmm. And she... That makes sense. She shoots, and it's just paint. <laughs> All of the Secret Service freak out and everything, but it's just uh, it's just paint. Yeah, it's red paint, too. I mean, it would t- definitely uh, look like he'd been shot. Mm-hmm. You as, as they're tackling him to the ground, you can hear him be like, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds so nonplussed. <laughs> but anyway, so... Uh, I'm trying to think what happens after this. Not a ton happens in this movie, to be completely honest. There's a lot of of character building and relationship building going on. Yeah, there's there's one big scene at the beginning, and there's one big scene at the end. And in the middle, it's mostly their relationship. They play this game where they're trying to guess who the other person is, and she comes out dressed like Madonna and sings like a virgin (laughs) in her bra. Yeah. And then she dresses like Marilyn Monroe. Where they fu- how how did she just have a Marilyn Monroe dress? Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Just like, where has did a she white Marilyn Monroe dress? Yeah, where did she get all these uh, clothes all of a sudden? Like, she was wearing the same outfit for like days. Yeah, it makes no sense and is really creepy. Yeah, like I'm not that much older. Or we're not that much older necessarily. I mean, she's supposed to be like twelve or thirteen. So I mean, we're we're definitely older, but twelve. Yeah, but we're not, we're not, yeah, they do say 12 a few times. Mm-hmm. We're not as old as Jean Renault is. Right. And I feel creepy just watching it. And to know that Luc Besson basically had this relationship with this 12-year-old until she was, you know, until she got married when they were, when she was 16 or whatever. What do you mean until? I mean, they married, he married her. Aren't they still together? Yeah, they're still together now, yeah. So, I mean, that's the only thing that I think makes it less creepy is it's not pedophilia because he stayed with her even as an adult. I mean, I guess, yeah. But it's still weird. It doesn't make me... 
Wait, it doesn't. <laughs> but anyway, so. Okay, what happens after this? So, yeah, they, they basically, they build their relationship up. She eventually starts falling in love with him and mm-hmm. says that she loves him. He says, he doesn't say, hey, you're 12. That's fucked up. <laughs> he says, um, well, you know, I, I, I had a, a woman that I knew and she died. And, you know, I mean, that's what's, that's, that's the implication. They, she doesn't say that. But that's kind of the implication. And, like, he's like, you know, I don't. I'm not with anybody because of that. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, he, he does reject her, but not in the appropriate manner. Right. So she wants revenge on this dude and she goes into the apartment, the, the kill apartment, the kill apartment. The, the one that she used to live in with her family. Yes. She sees the outline of her four year old brother. Ugh. And she pulls up one of the the floorboards, and there's twenty grand in there. That apparently the the dad must have hid, and she knew where it was. It's so weird. It's so weird to live in such a shithole apartment and have twenty grand in the floorboard. That is, but I mean, maybe he was using it on drugs too. I don't know. Could be. Could be he was using it on drugs. Could be he was he'd been skimming for a while, and was selling stuff and. Just got greedy this time and got caught. It was like more than they, you know. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, she she gets the money and she writes a note for him. She's been teaching him how to read because he couldn't read. Yeah, they're they're trading skills, killing and reading. Right, and he's and she says, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna go kill this dude. I found out who he is. Oh, because while she's there, he comes in." With, uh, with I guess, internal affairs. Because he it does work for the DEA. Yeah, that's what we find out. It's like, at one point, at one point, one of the neighbors sees them in the beginning when they're doing this massacre, right. and they say they're the DEA, but it's like, you think they're just saying it, but it's true. Yep. And so he's like, hey, he came in here, he shot one of my guys, I, I killed him, and they're like, where were the kids? And he's like, I don't know. They're like, well, when you came in, didn't you see the kids? <laughs> How did they get killed? You know, like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't have time for this bullshit, basically, is what he says. And somehow that works. I don't really think that would actually work with an internal affairs no. investigation. <laughs> but, so she knows that he's DEA. She follows him to the, you know, to the building and everything. And she writes a note and says, hey, you said 5000 ahead. Here's twenty grand. Kill all fucking four of these pieces of shit. Uh, if everything, if this, if it doesn't work out, I'm gonna go kill Gary Oldman, and she's got a bunch of guns in like a backpack that she's taking up there, and she's got some food, and she says, "Oh, I got a special delivery for this guy." It's a very little kid thing to do, yeah, to think that that would work, and obviously it doesn't. She goes into a bathroom for some reason, the men's bathroom, yeah, very and odd. Gary Oldman comes up behind her and says, "Hey." You, uh, you know, oh, it's food, huh? Let me guess. Is it Italian? Uh, why don't you tell me who sent the food uh, and, and what you were going to do with it? You know, how you were going to kill me or whatever. Because he's figured it out. Right. And she's like, I, you know, no one sent me. I, I, I do my own work. And he's like, oh, you know, how did I fuck you over? And she's like, you killed my brother. And he's like, oh, okay. So now I'm going to. And he, he says, so what messed up. 
Yeah. Because he's like, he's like, the more you get scared of death, you, you learn to appreciate life and everything. And he says, do you love life? And she says, yes. And he's like, good. I don't take any pleasure from killing people that don't appreciate life. Yeah. Like he does get pleasure out of killing people that do appreciate life. Well, he obviously is a fucked up individual. He has these pills yeah. that he just like crunches and it looks like he's having an orgasm. Yeah, it's so weird. I don't know what he's supposed to be taking. Uh, if it's some sort of speed or something, I, I don't know. That's what I'm guessing, but yeah. Yeah, he, he's certainly a not a downer. No, he is a freak. So he takes her, he's like, take her up to my office. We're going to kill her. And it's pizza, by the way. She brought pizza. Because Danny Aiello runs a pizza place. Mm-hmm. And that's where Leon gets all his, his jobs from. And he holds his money for him like a bank. Because <laughs> nobody knocks over old Tony. Right. He's totally fucking him over with this money. Yeah. So she, Leon, uh, reads the note. Obviously, he springs into action. He breaks into the DEA's office, like, very easily and murders the two guys that are supposed to be guarding her. You know, she runs over, grabs him, and then they go back to their to the apartment where they're staying and Gary Oldman tracks them down there. And then this is the last, this is the big, the big ending of the movie is they come in there with some SWAT team and everything. And Gary Oldman's like hanging back, coordinating things. She goes out for milk because this dude drinks milk all the fucking time. This dude is going to have such clogged arteries. (laughs) Or I guess he would have. Right. Uh, <laughs> Milk does a buddy good. Right. So she she's walking back, and they grab her, and they're like, oh, you got a secret knock? And she said, yeah. I don't know how they knew that. but So she gives the the wrong secret knock so that he knows what's up. They The guys try to come in there. He starts murdering him. I mean, like, he it's basically just a murder spree. And Gary Oldman's like, get everyone down here. Uh, very comically, like, everyone. Yeah, and, like, they're p- pulling in police from other precincts, so. Yeah, it's really weird. So, this guy's got a major murder boner. <laughs> so, he, they they start, you know, firing in there. Uh, Leon, he chops the wall open and basically says, you know, hey, slip down here. He pretends to be an injured police officer. They take him out. It was uh, pretty smart. Oh, absolutely. They take him out and they like examine everything. Somehow Gary Oldman recognizes him. I don't know if he ever really saw him. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But he, you know, Leon's going out there, you know, almost to the to the street. We can see the street. Gary Oldman's behind him. Then we get another kind of artistic shot. Yeah, I really liked this. Where, you know, he's walking, you we can see the street and then the camera just lightens a bit like the the you know the camera light gets a little bit brighter and then it like slowly falls to the ground like we're seeing it through through his his eyes Mm -hmm. and then gary oldman standing on top of him there's blood coming out of the back of his head because you know the guy's done and he says hey this is from this is from matilda and he hands him uh, a grenade pin to which Gary Oldman's like basically like that's not good, and uh, 
they they blow up. Uh, Gary Oldman gets killed. Basically, all him and his his corrupt cops have been murdered at this point. So I guess justice is done in that way. Right. Natalie Portman gets to the to Tony's place, and Tony's like, "Yeah, you know, he's probably dead." I don't know how he knows this. Right. And he says, he left some money for you. I'll hold it for you. Here's, Such an ass. Here's a hundred bucks. Come back in a month for another hundred bucks. Yeah, like she she's homeless. Like, right. Give her some fucking, although she does still have $20,000 if she goes back and gets it. Yeah. So then she goes to a boarding school. She takes a plant with her uh, the, the entire time. Leon has this plant, and in one scene, he's like, hey, this plant's like me. It's got no roots, just moves from place to place. And she's like, oh, you should plant it. Mm-hmm. Plant it so it has roots. And she goes to this boarding school that, this is also weird. It's very weird. Her her drug-addicted or, or drug-selling or drug-smuggling father living in this crap hole apartment paid for a year of boarding school for her just outside of the city. And she had apparently left at some point. Don't know why they would do that. Don't know why they would spend money on that. Doesn't seem like something this family would do. No, I mean, all they do is beat the shit out of her. And they, at the beginning, you know, towards the beginning, they, they, they foreshadow this. A woman calls and says, hey, you know, you paid for a year but she left, and unless there's a really good reason, we, uh, you know, we don't, we, you forfeit the money. And she just goes, she died, and hangs up the phone. <laughs> so she comes there, and she's like, hey, I'm alive, and my parents got in a car accident, and it was really sad, and can I go to school here? And she's like, look, I want to help you, but you got to stop lying to me, because I can't help you if you lie to me. And she says, okay, my parents were killed uh, because of a drug deal gone bad. Uh, I left with Leon, who was awesome. Then he got killed. Uh, and if you send me back out on the street, I'm going to get killed. And I guess she lets her stay. Yeah, so so weird. Like that from a 12-year-old definitely seemed like a fucking story. And then she plants the the plants in the garden there, and then the movie is over. Yeah. What did you think of the film? I I don't know. I mean like I like I enjoyed I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the like the artistic camera angles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I really like character pieces, so I liked the fact that you know we really got into the characters and the relationships. Mm-hmm. But it did just feel dirty and creepy the whole time. Yeah, it's really weird. It's a really it's it's a creepy movie. I agree. I do think that there's a lot of artistry at work here. I think that Luc Besson, you know, is a good director. Like like, like we've alluded to, I, I think there's a lot of really nice camera work. There's a lot of good cinematography, you know, and lighting going on. Mm-hmm. There's there's definitely some artistic choices. There's a lot of subst- a lot of flash. I don't know that there's a ton of substance. The story is super simple. Yeah. But we do we do get to know the characters a little bit better, and we get to kind of wallow in this like filth of their life right. for a little while. And I think that's 
I mean, it makes you feel dirty, but I think that's that's kind of satisfying in a way to where it's like we're we're just experiencing what life is like for these two. You know, in a way, they're both kind of low lifes, right? Like, not in the way like where we should feel superior to them, but they're just. I mean, like one's a professional killer, just literally, you know, in the muck, and the other one is, you know, some dirt poor kid from an abusive you know home and everything and she's got you know that's not a real mother and that's her you know half sister and everything and she doesn't care about them and, and all that stuff but yeah it's like you really wallow in it yeah for an hour and it's it's kind of it's kind of satisfying from that from that perspective i i think that the young actress in this natalie portman is really really good oh yeah she did a fantastic job usually child actors suck but she's she's i think she might have some kind of career yeah we'll see i mean she she seemed i think she did a good job of playing a kid trying to be older than she is if that makes sense well she she is a kid so yeah that's what i'm saying like she i mean it was it was just very believable Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't really have much more to say about it. You, you got anything? No. No, I mean it was it, it's worth seeing, but it's just it's kind of creepy. Yeah, it is a little creepy, but it's I liked it still. Yeah. Well, we will end this episode as we end every episode with our blockbuster pick of the week, Carol. So this is. Um, a kids movie but i think it's super cute and i really like it it's mm. the secret of nem finally on on tape yeah it's about a little mouse family having to relocate and um like i don't know just finding like the strength to overcome obstacles doesn't will wheaton do one of the voices i don't know does he i think so oh that's cool uh he was in stand by me Okay. That's, that's where I know him from. He was also on that Star Trek show for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know him. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But, yeah, so I think he does one of the voices in that. Wesley Crusher. Yep, that's correct. That's who he is. <laughs> the other one, the other movie that came out on the Blockbuster is Maverick, which we did a show on. Yes, we did. And it was good. Yeah, that was that's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check that out. If you uh after you watch it, check check out our tape on Maverick. Yeah. That's definitely more uplifting of a movie than this is. Yeah, this has been kind of a heavy little episode for us this this week. Ah, uh, but that is our episode. Carol, take us home. All right, so, you know, come to the locker, leave the stars, leave the notes, leave the money, um, leave it all with me, forget about him. Um, No, really, though, you can send us uh, electronic mail at latefeed1994, um, AOL.com. All right, sounds good. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.